My son said he didn't understand cloning. I told him that makes two of us. This is Rob Kenny here telling us a classic dad joke. Rob has over 4 million subscribers on his YouTube channel about fatherhood, where he teaches his followers simple everyday tasks like how to wash your car, shave your face, or even fix a running toilet. But he's also talking about things that might be harder to fix, like how to deal with low self-esteem. And it's fatherhood that we're here to talk about today. What does it mean to be a father today? What is the role of a father? And how are father roles evolving? We're having this conversation after we recently published a forecast here at WGSN called Lifestyle Strategy, Gen Z and Millennial Fatherhood, in which Rob and his YouTube channel got a mention. Before we hear more from Rob, you're listening to Lives of Tomorrow. My name is Carla Bazashi, and I'm the CEO of WGSN, the world's leading consumer insight and trend forecasting company. In this podcast, we focus on what our lives will look like in the future, our lives of tomorrow, and how all the trends and forecasts that we predict at WGSN will shape the way that we'll all live our lives. Rob, welcome to Lives of Tomorrow. For listeners not familiar uh, with you or your YouTube channel, please introduce yourself. Yeah, my name is Rob Kenny, and I'm the creator of the YouTube channel, Dad, How Do I? Now, I always start everyone with this, just to give a kind of glimpse into your personality and, and a little bit more about yourself. What was a pivotal moment or maybe a person in your career that's had the most impact on getting you to where you are today? My dad left when I was 14. And I'm one of eight kids. I'm number seven. I was one of the younger ones. And my dad uh, said the older kids are going to have to take in the younger kids or we were going to go into foster care. And so my brother, who was nine years older than me at the time, he was just 23. He took me in him and his newlywed wife. And he's 23. You know, at the time, I thought that was old. I realized 23 is just a kid, you know, now that I'm old. <laughs> so my brother Rick and his wife, Karen, have played a huge role in my life. Wow. Okay. We're going to ask many questions that I've asked previous guests. And one for you to think about while we're talking is when was the last time that you learned something new? So something that's maybe had an impact in the way that you live your life or even see the world. We'll come back to it at the end of the show. So before we get into the future of fatherhood, let's dwell a bit on your role on YouTube for your followers. So I mentioned when I introduced you that you help them fix things. And your latest video is how to wash your car. Are you like your followers? Do you, do you reflect them or do you see yourself as a kind of mentor or almost like a father figure to the people who are looking to you for advice? I try to actually talk to the screen like I'm talking to my own kids and trying to just relay some information to my own kids because I always thought that was very important. You know, um, being a dad, my daughter is, well, she's almost 31. My son just turned 28. And I always thought it was important to include them um, when I was learning things myself. I might not even know what I was doing, but I was having them with me. And, you know, it's much easier to just do it myself. But I felt like for their own good and for their future, it was best to include them. And it, a lot of times it takes longer. <laughs> if I'm going to include them, I could do it way quicker myself. And it's kind of the same with my videos. It takes me way longer to record myself and edit the video and get it up. Or I could just go wash my car. <laughs> yeah, right. Course. So I'm trying to include people. How did it all start? I mean, when did you decide, I you know, I'm doing this with my kids. I've got this valuable information. I'm going to upload it on YouTube. Yeah, it started during the pandemic. I actually thought of the idea a few years earlier, but I kept putting it off like I'm like anybody else. I'll procrastinate and think, oh, that's a, that'd be a good idea and then just never get around to it. But 
my daughter kept calling my bluff. She kept saying, dad, you need to do this. You need to do it. And then during the pandemic, I was, you know, <laughs> locked up like everybody else. My first video was how to tie a tie. And, you know, it's not very complicated, but if you don't know how to do it, I thought, well, I can relay this. It doesn't take a whole lot of, you know, editing or whatever to be able to do it. And so that's where I kind of started. And do your grown-up children still suggest items for you to film? Do they think back to things that you taught them and say, oh, you haven't done that particular episode yet? Yeah, actually, it's funny that you say that because just recently my daughter, I did how to get rid of hiccups. And that was when my daughter said, dad, I just had to get rid of hiccups. This would be a good one to pass along. It's just a short 30 second video. But if you don't know how to get rid of hiccups, this has always worked for me. So, Okay. What is your tip to how to get rid of hiccups? Because I've tried, I mean, I've got some things that I utilize, but tell me your, your go-to for getting rid of hiccups. Well, it's drinking a glass of water upside down. So you actually turn your head over and, and drink it upside down. It's always worked for me. Just changing tone a little bit, because you did, you mentioned your, your father leaving. I mean, clearly it's had a huge impact on your life in terms of the way that you were brought up. But what do you think the kind of lasting impact of that? And do you think it has formed you as an individual and as a father? I think it absolutely has. I think I have empathy that maybe somebody that didn't go through what I went through. And so for me, I didn't know how to tie a tie. I struggled with that. My roommate, when I was 19, showed me how to tie a tie. And, you know, a lot of those little things that I had to learn the hard way, I'm trying to make it easier for somebody. And so that's what I'm, I'm doing on my channel. I'm just trying to provide content that doesn't waste your time, but also you feel loved. You come in and you learn how to do something um, in a non-judgmental way. Because I think there's a lot of things. I think we all do this where we're embarrassed. Oh, I should know that already. I'm embarrassed to ask the question. And so I try to take that off the table by, I'm not going to assume you know anything about a propane tank or whatever. I'm just going to go ahead and show you this so that you're not no longer scared of it and it doesn't intimidate you. Because I think it's a big, I think when people learn something, it's it go it has ripple effects because you learn something and go, wow, I, that wasn't so scary. Maybe I'll try to do this and I'll try to do that. And pretty soon you're accomplishing all kinds of things um, instead of staying in your comfort zone and worried you might mess something up. The irony is, as you get older, I certainly have found that I'm not embarrassed about asking for help or not embarrassed about saying things that I don't understand. But when you are young, you are convinced that everyone will think that it's ridiculous that you don't have that information or understand how to do something. Where, where, was, your, where was your mother in all of this? Yeah, um, my mom and dad started out great. I certainly don't want to ever um, paint this picture that they were horrible parents because they started out great. And then there was just some she had some mental issues. Um, and it, I think it had to do with moving away from her core family. She was one of 12 kids in Kansas. And then my dad moved us to New Orleans, which was, you know, a thousand miles away. And then he moved us all the way up to Seattle, which is another 2000 miles away. And so I, I don't think my mom ever recovered from that. And so, yeah, and so that's when how their marriage kind of fell apart. So let's get back to what you're doing and the advice you're passing on. Why do you think there is such an appetite? Does it come back to that point that people are embarrassed to ask for help? Or is it actually sort of kind of hinted at there, we are further away from maybe the family networks that existed in the past, and, and therefore that advice isn't being shared in the same way? Yeah, I think there's lots of different factors. I think, uh, you know, when I, this is my ignorance showing, I thought when I was showing how to tie a tie, I was just showing how to tie a tie. When in reality, there's a lot of emotion tied to that and how to shave because maybe you miss your dad or you never had a dad or all of the above. And so I, I've had people crying watching me tie a tie. And I, 
I didn't see that coming. And I truly, when I thought I, when I started my channel, I thought I was going to have 30 or 40 followers and I was going to have this tight little community that I was just going to share some stuff that I learned the hard way. And I had no idea it was going to resonate on the level that it is. And I, I think part of it was the pandemic too. People were lonely and isolated even more so than, than we normally are, you know, we're all inside our homes and kind of isolated from each other, but we're almost, you know, we're forced to be in isolation. And so I think that was a big reason why it went. I'm going to ask a question. No, I'm going to tell you what I think, then you can correct me if I'm wrong. But are there two distinct audiences there? Are there individuals looking for a father figure and looking for that help? And then are there people who are looking to you to learn how to be a father as well? I would say so. I, I'd say there's even more than that, where I've got 80-year-old, you know, I start my channel or I start my videos by saying, hey, kids, and I have 80-year-old kids <laughs> that come to me and just say, I miss uh, being able to ask my dad questions or that type of stuff. So I think early on with my channel, I think people are saying that, oh, he, he's doing this for young men. I'm not doing it for young men. I'm doing it for anybody and everybody. I, I wanted my daughter to learn how to change a tire because what if you're on the side of the road and you don't know how to change a tire? You don't hope that a nice man comes along that knows how to do it. You know, you should be able to figure that stuff out for yourself. My dad, I'm very lucky, amazing, amazing parents. But after I passed my driving test, before I was allowed to go out by myself, he made me learn how to change tire. It was really important to him that that I knew how to do that. Now, you just mentioned a broad range of ages, but I am going to just focus in on Gen Z and millennials, which was where we talked about you uh, in a WGSN forecast. Do you think this younger generation who are becoming fathers now are different to previous generations? I mean, they're grappling with different things. We've just talked about the pandemic quite a lot. There. It's, a, it's a very different world if you're bringing up children today than it was certainly when I was being brought up. So do you, do you see distinct differences with these younger fathers? I do. I absolutely do. I, I think um, also older generations, I think we got to be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, uh, I think we tend to go, oh, well, my dad was a stoic and I could never talk to him about anything or what have you. But, you know, they also brought a lot of good to the table, too. And I think it's easy to go, oh, you're a boomer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're a boomer. OK, boomer. You know, that <laughs> saying was going around. So I think we can learn from each other. I think we need to, you know, make sure that you understand that there was some value in what they were teaching you as well. And I think, you know, I, I keep hearing these studies about younger generations not wanting to have kids. And I'm like, you know, that's uh, that breaks my heart a little bit because, I, you know, that being a dad has been such a huge part of my own life. I love it. And my kids are my couple of my best friends now. You know, I talk to them and I get advice from them. They teach me stuff that I don't know. And I still we kind of learn from each other. And so. I, you know, we do live in a strange world with social media and stuff that vies for our time and for our eyeballs. We're set up to just isolate ourselves and stay inside and watch TV all day or YouTube or what have you. And so I do try to encourage people to to get out and live your life because, you know, you're missing out on a lot if you if you're not. That's a good kind of a segue there. So in the WSN report, the author wrote that dads are finding ways to connect with one another, building communities that help them grow in confidence, as well as finding emotional support from peers. Fathers are also finding new ways to be handy around the home, creating hacks for family time instead of DIY. So I wanted to get your response to this because it, it sort of talks to that point about community. So you have this huge community now around you in that online world, but you're also talking about trying to persuade people to make sure 
sure that they're creating those communities in real life. Is that is that part of that generational shift because people aren't getting out there and doing it? Or do you again think there are different barriers to that with different ages? And essentially, the point is that people just need to talk to each other. I think there's so many different factors that are involved with everything that's going on again with our life. And I feel like we're going at 90 miles an hour and you have to stop and slow down so that you can wait. Am I heading in the direction I want to be heading in? It's a little bit difficult. So I've shared that I want to encourage people and I want to empower people, but I also want to edify. I want to I want people to be good people and good, be good to each other and so that we can all, again, learn from each other and, and be kind. I try to remind people to be kind because you just don't know what people are going through. And I, I think, you know, when I was in high school and I, I was I actually my senior year of high school, I lived on my own. And sometimes people could be cruel and they don't know that they're being cruel, but I've got deep stuff, deep hurt going on in my own life. And so I I try to encourage people to understand that you just don't know what people are going through. So try to choose, try to choose kindness. I I get that it's not always easy, but if you, if you can keep that in the back of your mind, that just understand that you, you just don't know what people are going through. So don't be bullying people or don't, you know have a little compassion on people. But do you think with these, let's go very specific into Gen C, so that kind of younger cohort that are having kids or beginning to have children right now, are they more comfortable with sharing their feelings and and kind of connecting with this wisdom side of what you're doing? Or is that just the cliche? And to your point about, you know, boomers are stoic and young people will tell everyone everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I think this younger generation is trying to do better in the sense that, you know, trying to be a little more open with their with their families. I think I, I know I did. I tried to ask for forgiveness from my own kids when I messed up because I was just trying to do my best. And I think that, again, I think we can learn from previous generations. But again, it doesn't mean everything they did was bad. You know, they just they just didn't maybe know how to because maybe they didn't get have the tools passed down from their parents. And so having a little compassion on people for, again, what they're up and some of the stuff they had to deal with compared to all the creature comforts we have today. <laughs> you know, it's uh, life can be a little bit more difficult than just, oh, you should have done it this way. Oh, okay. Well, it's easy to look back and, and criticize. It's much harder to actually be in the middle and do your best. And understand what, what they were going through. And now, especially if you're experiencing yourself, understanding those balances. And we're going to talk a little bit, just try to get to know you as an individual a bit more. So here's a few reoccurring, just kind of quick fire questions. Um, why do you work? So work for me is a little bit <laughs> odd because three years ago, I, you know, I started this channel three years ago and I hung on to my day job for two and a half years. So now I finally am doing this full time. I am a man of faith. And so um, I try to do what I can to please the Lord. Do you have a sense of purpose in your work? I absolutely do. And I think, it again, it goes back to the fact that <laughs> I have a purpose in my life uh, because of my faith. When are you the most creative? <laughs> Probably when I'm sleeping, because when I when I wake up in the morning, a lot a lot of times those are my best ideas. And I, I I'm an early riser. I go to bed fairly early, and I get up around six, you know, five thirty to six in the morning. Um, and still, I and then I am able to really be the most productive. What makes you happy? 
Lots of things. I, I think a big thing is seeing lives changed. I recently did an interview and somebody was sharing all these comments that were on my channel. And if you actually allow yourself to think about it, those are lives, you know, those are individual lives that are being affected by, by what I'm doing. And I don't know, that's pretty profound. It brought me to tears when they were sharing all these quotes with me. It's like, these are lives that are hopefully maybe making different choices that, than what they would have made had they not run across me. When are you offline? I wish I had a good answer for this. I'm still trying to figure out my schedule, to be honest with you. I, you know, I was in sales for 30 years and I had Mondays I did this, Tuesday I did that, Wednesday I did this. And the thing that's a little bit difficult with this is it can be 24 seven. And so I do have to unplug, but I'm not great at it. I need to be able to, but I also want people to be seen. When people make a comment, I want them to know that I, I see them and I, you know, I, you know, I care about them. It just can be a little overwhelming for my own mental health and my own <laughs> uh, mental stability. I do need to unplug. Okay, next time we talk, I want to know how you have scheduled that into your, into your days that there is, there's time to unplug because that is a lot. And last one, when was the last time that you felt you were wasting your time and you only had yourself to blame for it? Yeah, I'm like anybody else. I, I get distracted. And again, there's so many different things. And I, <laughs> this might sound a little weird, but I have this golf app on my on my phone <laughs> and I really it's kind of a nice no brainer. But then it's like, oh, my goodness, what? What happened to that last hour? I didn't realize I, <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing it for so long, but it's kind of a nice, I, I kind of like the downtime from it. So I don't want to act like uh, I should never play that, but there's times where I'm like, oh, I played that. Has it improved your actual golf game? <laughs> I haven't really golfed much lately, <laughs> so I, I just haven't had the time, but. Okay, all right. So we're going to get back to the uh, the topic in hand, but looking forwards now, how do you see the future fatherhood evolving? Do you think if you, you know, if you cast your mind forwards 10, 20 years, what will have changed in the father role? And actually, I guess what what do you hope will change? I think it's one thing to get a whole bunch of information in your head because uh, there's so much out there now you can tap into all kinds of things to get a bunch of knowledge but having wisdom and having common sense doesn't necessarily come with knowledge and so hopefully people you know are smart about carving out the time again as a parent i've shared this before it's so easy to remember that if you're so easy to forget that hey i'm the one in charge here i need to make sure that that i'm telling my family to put down the phones while we eat dinner and we connect you know you you have to take the responsibility to carve that because your kids aren't your kids aren't going to go hey dad let's have a <laughs> a nice meal and everybody put their phones down it's just not going to happen so understanding that you can control the destiny of your family with uh, making sure you carve out that time. So I, and I think it's so hard these days. So I, I have empathy for the next generation in making sure you, you do, you make choices that will have long-term effects and just, and think about it, think how it's going to play out. In a previous episode of Lives of Tomorrow, I spoke to a brilliant researcher from Oxford University, and we were talking about the impact of AI in the domestic space and how that's going to evolve in 30, 30 years' time, how much will be automated. And AI is a huge topic at the moment. But there was something that she said in our very long conversation that really kind of stuck with me. And that was, 
if you think about the tasks that you'd like automate, so all the things as a parent that are really annoying that you don't really want to do, top of her list was like ferrying the kids around. And, you know, I'm a stepmom, three step boys, and Saturdays, uh, we only have one car, so my husband spends a lot of time ferrying to football matches and things like that. And you do feel like that's just wasted time. And her point was, but like, 90 of those car journeys are just really frustrating. But there will be one where you have this really deep and meaningful conversation. As a parent, that's one of her kind of watch outs that these things are going to come and make our lives easier and get rid of the things that we don't want to do. But even in the things that we don't want to do, there is sometimes value. Um, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about that. I think it's really interesting. So that is something that I think will we'll come into parenthood. How are you going to make sure that you your suggestion there is about time and making sure that people aren't sucked onto devices and that these devices are only going to get ever more encompassing and the options and the kind of views into the world that they offer us are only going to get better and better. But what are the kind of mundane things that are part of family life that we need to keep hold of? So I, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that, but it is something that I can't stop thinking about. No, I totally agree with it. And I think simple pleasures, you know, so I, I did, uh, I recently did, I don't know, are, are you familiar with sun tea? I know you guys like, like your tea over there, but a big thing from when I was a kid was sun tea. And all you do is you just take some tea bags and you put it in a jug of water and you set it outside in the sun and then it turns and it's kind of just a fun thing. It's a fun, simple, wholesome pleasure that, and if for some reason the tea kind of tastes a little better because you you know and it's usually you know you're going to do some yard work you're going to mow the lawn i have never heard of sun tea so people can't see me at the moment but i'm there shaking my head and i've got a big frown on my face i have never heard of sun tea but now i think i should try it you should and people say oh sun tea tastes the best well i'm like i don't know that it's the tea itself as much as it's the memory of this is a thing where we're spending some family time and we're kind of watching the tea and kind of building up that thirst for that tea. And then you get a break and then we all get to enjoy the tea together. I think, so here's another real quick thought. I think one thing that concerns me about social media too, is our attention spans are being shortened, <laughs> you know, where it's like, oh, this didn't entertain me within the first 10 seconds. So I'm swiping away from it. I try to get people to understand, you know, you got to wholesome we, we look for that wholesomeness and we look for that time and yet we do it to ourselves by swiping away from stuff that might you know give it a little bit longer than 10 seconds to decide whether it's something that is worth your time but i get it because our eyeballs are being torn everywhere i compare it to to fast food you know we all oh i'm hungry let me go get some fast food and then you get the fast food and then you eat it and then you go nah, that didn't really satisfy me had you taken the time to cook a nice meal and enjoy it together. And then you just feel so much better, <laughs> you know? And I think that that's kind of the same way. I guess maybe one of the videos you're going to have to create in the future is how to have patience. Do you get uh, requests from your audience saying, this is something I really want you to teach me? And is there anything in there that you find quite surprising or that has that is a sort of new request that perhaps you don't think you'd have got when you started a few years ago? Yeah, I do get some requests that I don't. Again, I, you know, I am a dad. I'm not, you know, I didn't go to school for this. I've just learned the hard way a lot of things. And so I don't want to act like I've got it all figured out. So, you know, there's certain questions that I just don't feel like I'm equipped to answer. Sometimes you get into, you know, different mental type of stuff. And it's like, boy, I, I certainly don't want to, I, I got to be cognizant of, 
overstepping my bounds. You know, I am just a dad that is passing along some information that I've learned. And so I don't want, I certainly don't want to mislead people. And so that's why I don't get too far into the weeds with some stuff. And it's hard to speak to such a broad audience too. You know, you've got <laughs> people in all these different cultures, all these different, I certainly am not going to pretend I've got it all figured out. So trying to trying to walk that line. But one request I had early on was how to tie your shoes. And honestly, I thought they were joking, but then I've had that request enough times that I finally ended up doing it. I did it on TikTok just to kind of, it was a shorter video and yeah, and it's got a lot of views and that kind of breaks my heart that there's people that really never even learned how to tie their shoes. What questions do you think they'll be asking you in 20 years time? I mean, we probably won't even have laces on our shoes at that stage. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, who who knows? How, how can we foresee that? Like you said, the thing is, everything's coming so fast. It'll be how to program the robot in the kitchen to make Mother's <laughs> Day tea or breakfast or something, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Not something I'll be equipped to know. Are you more anxious or hopeful about the future of fatherhood? I'm hopeful. And I think that's kind of part of what I what I do, because I want people to see that being a dad is a cool thing. Instead, I think a lot of times in portrayed in the, you know, in sitcoms and that sort of thing, uh, like Homer Simpson. And, you know, while it's funny, while it's funny, I think it also hurts the fact that it is cool to be a dad. And I have loved every minute of it, of the ups and the downs. It isn't always easy, but I love it. And so if I can do my little part to help encourage dads to to see how needed you are and how cool it is and yeah what's the best thing for you about being a dad uh the fact that you're able to pour into these lives you know the, again these are lives that are that's a legacy that big thing I, I you know i married well with my wife and a big thing for me was to for us was to raise good adults and equip them to be good adults. We didn't want to raise good kids. We wanted to raise good adults that wouldn't live in our basement, you know, that would go out and be fruitful and multiply, you know, go out, go out in the world and do. And so be careful what you wish for, though. My daughter, you know, I'm on the West, Co West Coast of the United States and both of my kids are on the East Coast so, because uh, we equipped them and now they're, they're a little too independent. So. Okay, let's get back to the question from the beginning. When did you last learn something new that's had an impact on the way that you live your life? I'm always learning, honestly. I try to push myself to learn different things, to throw myself out there, even if I'm going to look uh, foolish. A couple things I will say. I, I did learn how to paint oil on canvas. That's something I, I've always wanted to do. And I shared that on my channel because I wanted people to understand that you're going to see me not do so good, maybe, uh, but I actually did okay, which is <laughs> probably would have been better if my painting looked like a, a kid did it, you know, but it actually came out okay because I had a good teacher. But I think that was a, a big thing. And here's something else I'm doing now is I'm forcing myself. So I just spoke at a men's conference this last Saturday and I was terrified of getting up and speaking in front of people. Even though you speak to millions of people every week. <laughs> I still, you know, when I was doing it, I was like, what am I doing? Am I really doing this? And But I got up and made it through it and kind of, you faced your fears, you know, and it's amazing how it's like, oh, that was okay. I want to do more and kind of get out of your comfort zone. And it's amazing how it kind of has this snowball effect that opens up all kinds of doors rather than just remaining in your comfort zone. 
It's been really, really interesting talking to you. And I always come out of these conversations feeling very positive. It's really wonderful knowing there are people out in the world who are doing these good things and helping people for the future. And it, you're definitely doing that. That's it for today. Thank you again to my guest, Rob Kenny, content creator from YouTube channel, Dad, How Do I? He was here to talk to me about fatherhood and the impact online communities can have in supporting fathers. I hope this episode resonated with you and maybe left you with some insight into the future of fatherhood. As ever, you can send your thoughts on this podcast to lives at wgsn.com. Next week, WGSN's Create Tomorrow podcast is back with another episode on the future of product design. I'm Carla Bazashi, CEO of WGSN. I'll see you next time.